You are listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. All right. Okay, well, thank you and good morning. And uh, it's good to be in the Mill Sunday School class. And uh, I've been here at Our New Life for over 14 years, so watching this happen is a phenomenal thing. Seeing young people come to Christ, grow up in Christ, be like Christ, amen? Amen. I know it's early, but I, I'm a lot older than you. I got a lot more energy than some of you. you look like a dragon, man. Now, this morning, this morning we're talking about sexual purity, and it's really a passion of mine. I've written over 45 books, and I've only brought a couple of things here. But um, how, I, I, is there a girl here who's going, who's going to be a freshman in college? A girl who's going to be a freshman? Okay, what, come here. I wrote a book just recently called Letters to My Daughter. When my daughter went off to college, I wrote her a letter every single day, a handwritten letter, and she let me put this together in a book. And so I hope, what's your name? Haley. Haley, you'll be blessed with that. So if you want that, you go, okay, yep. Now, how, I need a lady who can get together about 10 to 15 women to watch a DVD called Princes Take Longer Than Frogs. This will show you what a good guy looks like and what a frog looks like and how to help women not get in bad relationships with guys. Who's a lady who can get about 10 women together? All right, what's your name? Missy. Missy. I'm saying your name so it's on tape and so you're accountable. Okay. <laughs> now, here's a book. This is called uh, Clean. This is a, a book by Thomas Nelson. Um, I did, uh, did this this last year. It's a proven plan for a man's commit to sexual integrity. If you, get, if you can get four or five guys together and kind of go through this, who are you? Lazy men. Okay, so, well, I got Born for War. That's for guys as well. And then I got a book called Lust Free Living. Okay, so guys, if you would want one of those, these are free. So if you see my son, Jubal, (laughs) so if you want to do that, that's fantastic. Okay, if you want him, just get him. I'm not going to walk him to you. This, this topic is really important, though. In your generation, purity has become such an issue because the enemy has really scaled the battle. See, when I was your age, which is quite a long time ago, uh, we would have to go steal pornography. <laughs> so you have it in your phone. If you don't have a porn blocker, right now you're sitting on the world's largest porn store ever created in world's history. It's sitting in your pocket. Now, as a Christian, I would encourage you to have a porn blocker on there or accountability software. You know, let your, let your roommate, your your parents or friends, someone know what you're looking at on the internet. Because that whore is laying down with the entire world, and she's seducing and reducing the Christian church all around the globe. Does that make sense? So this is not a game. This is war. And I, Now, what I do for a living, uh, I'm a psychologist, and people fly from all over the country and all over the world to come visit me here in Colorado Springs, because when they were, new, when you, when they were your age, they made mistakes in pornography and sexuality, and now they're still making those mistakes 20 and 30 or 40 years later because they didn't deal with it when they were your age. So they ruin their lives, they ruin their kids' lives, they ruin their marriage, they ruin their ministry, they get kicked out of ministry. Now, come on, we're in New Life Church. Pastor Ted was my personal friend. Sexuality will take you down no matter how bright you are, no matter how strong you are, no matter how cute you are, no matter how abs you got going on right now, and they won't stay there, by the way. It'll take you down. So I want to talk about purity, the why, the what, and how. You okay with that? Yes? Do you guys talk back? I've talked to 70-year-olds with more energy than you guys do. Come on. Now, I want to talk about the why. Why do you think the enemy's after your sexuality? Why do you think he's gone from, you know, um, black and white TV where they used to sleep in different beds, now they're sleeping together, now they're sleeping with other people, to pornography on the phone? I mean, why do you think the sex attack is so huge? One of the reasons why is because I think you're the most violent church ever to be born in world history. 
I think he's coming back, and he's coming back for a violent, passionate, pure church, and you happen to be on shift. So if you're caught playing with yourself, you may be caught (laughs) in a very bad time in world history. That should excite you, by the way. (laughs) I've never seen such a scared group of people. It's really funny. (laughs) Okay, let's go to Revelations. You'll feel safe if I'm reading the Bible. All right. (laughs) You think. So in Revelations 2, I want to tell you the why. What is it that the enemy's after to get you to go into pornography, masturbation, sex, hand, oral, all that stuff? Not call it sex. Lie about sex. Why do you think he's playing that game with you? I want to give you the answer so you have that today. In Revelations chapter 2, now, if it's in the book of Revelations, is that pre or post-resurrection? Come on, you college people. Post or pre? Post. That means he's already died, right? He's already died. He rose from the dead. And now he's in heaven, and he's speaking to his church on earth. Now, let me tell you something about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was a lamb of God only one time in world history. Only one time was he the lamb. When they took his feet and his hands and they nailed him, and he bled. (laughs) Now he is the Lion of Judah. He is and always will be the Lion of Judah. After you die for a people, you have a different attitude than before you died for them. Yes or no? What do you think? You know, the cross was a great idea until he actually did it. That hurt. That was painful. I did this for you. I am giving everything to you. And follow me. And I expect everything back. Amen? Amen. So here is the everything-giving God. He has a few words for his church. Now, this is the church of... um, Thyatira, and it says this, and this is Jesus speaking, to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, these are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire, whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love, your faith, your service, and perseverance, that you are now doing more than you did at first. So first, Jesus starts with a praise. You're doing awesome, church, right? It's great. You're getting together, having Sunday school, eating donuts, you're awesome. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate. Everyone say the word tolerate. See, you got to understand, God is patient, but he is not tolerant. He is not tolerant. The things that ticked him off in the Old Testament, tick him off in the New Testament, tick him off today. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? How many of you have a dad? How many of you have a dad? One immaculate conception. That's fantastic. Okay, so... Most of you have a dad. How many of you know what ticks your dad off? Like, raise your hand. You know. It may be leaving your clothes on the floor. It may be being disrespectful to your mom. It may be being 15 minutes late. It may be saying a curse word. But you know what ticks your dad off. And what happens when you tick your dad off? It doesn't go good for you. He's not your mom. He doesn't want to talk about it. Nevertheless, I have this against you. Tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. So this is a girl in church, and this could be a guy as well, but this is a woman who says she's real spiritual. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual morality and the eating of food sacrificed idols. So basically, she's in Sunday school just like I am right now. She's a Sunday school teacher, and she's saying it's okay for you to sleep around. It's okay for you to have a secret porn habit. It's okay for you to have... Total open access to the internet and do whatever you want as long as really no one's looking 
Now, that's a total lie because you're never alone, okay? It's okay for you to hit on people that you're not going to date. It's okay to have sex with people that you're not going to marry. It's all good. She stood up in Sunday school and taught you people that kind of stuff thousands of years ago. Can you imagine? Now, some of you are actually doing that and believe that, but you wouldn't stand up here and teach it. This girl had testosterone, right? So she's teaching this in Sunday school. By her teaching, she misleads my servants, which would be you all, the church, into sexual immorality and eating food sacrifice title. I have given her time to repent because he's patient of her immorality, but she's unwilling. Now, let me tell you about unwilling with God. <laughs> this is the way it kind of goes. Now, you're kind of young. I've been through this lots of times myself. Here is God. Here's you. Okay? You're kind of walking together. And then you decide that you're going to become unwilling. You're going to do your own thing. You're your own boss now. Mom and dad are somewhere else. I can do whatever I want. It's okay. Nobody knows. See how far you're apart? All that does is increase the arc in which he's going to whack you with to make you willing. Because you're not your own. You're bought with a price. You don't have rights. This is the kingdom of God. This isn't the democracy of God. If you think you're in a democracy of God, you're probably still lost. Because there's only the kingdom of God. He died for the kingdom. He didn't die for democracy. Sorry, this is good preaching for Sunday morning. Do you know what I'm saying? So if you think you've got to vote, you're in the wrong kingdom and the wrong dad. Our God doesn't take votes. He'll listen to you, share your story, share your heart, and then he'll quietly nudge you to do his will. Like you already know what to do. You know you shouldn't be seeing him or her. You know you shouldn't even be talking to him or her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this podcast is going to be much more exciting than it is in person. Okay, so. Okay, I've given her time to repent. Okay, so she's unwilling. So I will, everyone say I will. Now, if Jesus Christ, post-resurrection, says he's going to do something, will he do it? Are you sure? Will he keep his word? Is he faithful? Okay, so I will cast her on a bed of suffering. <sighs> How many of you want a bed of suffering in your future? Well, all you got to do is be immoral right now, and you can create a bed of suffering in your future. And not created by the devil. See, when the devil is your enemy, that's okay, man. Because you have God. When God is your enemy, you got no help. Because he's the one doing it to you. Like God, Jesus wouldn't. Jesus is the one saying, I will. Right? I will create a bit of suffering. See, God knows how to get me on my knees. He knows who and what I love. He does it with all of us. So it doesn't take much. I will cast her in a bit of suffering. I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. I will... Everyone say, I will. Strike her children dead. Now see, this is... Who's talking? Red ink. Who's talking? This is Jesus saying, I'm going to kill this mama's kids because she's sexually immoral and won't repent. Now how many of you know this ticks God off now? I got about 15% of bright people in this room. What about the other 80%? Are you guys sleeping? Seriously, this ticks him off. This is Jesus talking. This isn't some Old Testament angry prophet who hates you, who's having a bad day, who's on PMS and has eaten for 40 days. This is Jesus fully furnished from heaven, speaking to his church. I will do this. 
Know that I will do this. This is serious. This isn't a game. And just because you're American doesn't make it different. Okay, just because you're in college and they have open access doesn't make it different. It's the same God, amen? amen. All right, I'm getting to the why. I'm sorry, I, just, I didn't write this. It just takes a while to get to the why, okay? So, uh, let's see. I will strike your children dead, then all the churches will know I am he who searches hearts and minds. Now will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching, because there's always good people in church, and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets. Now, I thought we were talking about Jezebel talking Sunday, teaching Sunday school. She was teaching devil stuff in church. And all she was saying is, it's okay for you to do whatever you want to do with your sexuality. That you own your sexuality. You're your own boss. That's what she was teaching. And that's Satan's so-called deep secrets. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. I will not impose any, burden, any other burden on you. Sorry I'm talking fast. Like, it should have taken me like three or four hours to get this all out. Okay. <laughs> Only hold on to what you have until I come. Now, I said all that stuff to give you the reason why sexuality is so um, an issue with the enemy and with God. To him who overcomes, and this could be him or her, to the person who overcomes. Overcomes what? Overcomes his teaching that you can be a Christian and do whatever you want with your sexuality. You overcome that teaching that you can do whatever you want with your sexuality as a Christian person, then this promise applies to you. If not, it doesn't. To him or her who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. Now listen to what he's saying here. I will. Everyone say I will. Give authority over the nations. Now some of you, you're preparing yourself to go into to, uh, business, ministry, ed- uh, education, art, music. I will give you authority over the nations. See, he's not saying, well, I'll think about it. He's not saying it depends on your gifts. He's not saying it's how bright or cute you are, how much overweight or how skinny you are. It's not dependent on you or your gifts. It's dependent on your purity. The only thing that, that will limit your future impact on the world is your sexuality. Because it will cripple you with guilt and shame and fear. Self-hatred, disease, pain, abortions. And then you will feel so bad about yourself, you won't pick up the sword that God destined you to have. Now, I'm not playing with you. This is true. When I was your age, I got radically saved. I was fully a sexual addict. I was crazy, out of control. And God took me through a process to heal and deliver me. Okay? Now, I haven't been inappropriate sexually for over 27 years. But in that time, as I started to get free, God started to increase my authority. First, it was the city of Fort Worth, then Texas, and then people came from all over the nation. I was put on Phil Donahue and Oprah and Good Morning America and 2020 and Fox News. I've done all those things. I'm talking secular authority, not just Christian. I've been on Daystar, had my own show on TBN, etc., etc. I have authority over the nations. I can go to any country in the world and preach this gospel, and people get saved, delivered, and set free. Yeah. Men get set free from lust and sin everywhere I go. We're on television all the time. We get stuff on our website all the time. We have a free app, by the way, Doc, Dr. Doug's Tips, if you need that. Free app, nice little Pinterest. If you do Pinterest, we have some purity Pinterest things. My staff is awesome. So that's the why. The why you want to stay sexually pure is because in your future, Japan and China, Cuba, Russia, they are depending on you being pure. And if you are not pure, 
that won't happen. Or a smaller version of that will happen. Are you all with me this morning? Yes. Okay. So do you understand why? Tell me why sexual purity is an issue. Okay, class. You do class all the time. You talk, right? Why? I can't hear anybody. Your future. Yes, your future. Your authority. Your DNA. What God put inside of you. Does that make sense? See, the, de- the devil can't knock you out of eternal life. So he can't do that. What he can do is reduce you. And if he can seduce you, he can reduce you. And an American church is being reduced so much because of sexual immorality. Whole denominations are deciding whether sexual sin, homosexuality, is what they want to promote in their church. That wouldn't have happened 25, 30, 40 years ago. Why? Because the culture was more solid. Your culture is sexually sick. It's the most sexually broken America has ever been. And if you're part of the problem, you're going to be difficult to be part of the solution. Does that make sense? Okay, so that is why. So the why is because of your spiritual authority. Now, how do we get into this mess? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6.18. It says this. Are you all having fun so far? All right, you look a little more awake now. It says, flee from sexual immorality, 618. All of the sins a man commits are outside of his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Now, see, when I was in Bible school, I got four degrees. When I was in Bible school, God had me read that verse for so many months I could puke. And God will sometimes tell you to read a verse and go read it. And sometimes he won't, get, he won't share the revelation on it until three or four or five months later after you keep obeying and just reading it. How many of you have been played that game? It's called Peekaboo by God. And so, but if you are faithful to read it, he will eventually open it up to you in a way that is so life-giving you will never forget it. So I would ask my professors, what does this verse mean? It doesn't say about lying or stealing or why. Why is it sexual sins are different than other sins? Because you're teaching me that all sins are equal. And that doesn't seem right because this one kind of seems like it's different. At least the consequences are different. And so I talked to my philosophy. I went to my seminary, and they asked them the same questions. They couldn't answer me. Well, in my uh, vocation, I eventually moved into uh, doing um, sex research and uh, understanding the brain and stuff like that. And then it opened up to me. Why? See, what happens is, and this is what the enemy's known this for thousands of years, intuitively. But now science, we now know it as factually. When you have a sexual encounter with yourself, with an image, or um, uh, with another person, what happens is you get these endorphins and keflins. These are the endogenous opiates, which basically means your body creates them. About four times stronger than morphine. Boom! (laughs) And it hits the prefrontal cortex of your brain, which in your case is still developing. (laughs) It's the only part of your brain that's still growing. That's why you still make, like, really interesting decisions sometimes. (laughs) Okay, because it doesn't really fully develop to about 23. That's why you should still trust your parents. They're probably right. They have a fully developed brain. Yours is still in the process of developing. Trust the developed brain. Just... Simple advice, okay? So, but what happens is, whatever you're looking at during that sexual encounter, real or imaginary, this is why fantasy and pornography is just as bad. You attach to that, and that becomes what you desire, hunger, and crave, and will want again. Ring the bell, feed a dog, ring the bell, feed a dog, ring the bell, feed a dog. So if you think that you're going off in pornography, whether you're a man or woman, because Christian women now are doing more pornography than any other, <laughs> any other time in world history, 
um, and you start attaching to those things in pornography, you will hunger and crave for those acts, those kind of people, those kind of positions, those kind of colors, sizes, proportions, whatever you're into. Okay? I, one guy, he, he, would, uh, he was into boots. He, he would masturbate and look at his boots, and so now he had a boot fetish. You can create any kind of fetish you want. All you have to do is be consistent reinforcement. Now, what will happen is that will make you vulnerable to seek people who are more spiritually weak than you than spiritually strong than you. Because you will want to find people you can corrupt or be corrupted by as opposed to people that will spank you if you even try that. Always date a girl who will slap you in the face. (laughs) Marry her. Because she will not only be a great mom, she'll be a great uh, partner to you because she'll always call you up instead of down. Amen? Amen? And women never fear punching a guy. Okay? Seriously, if he's going down your shirt or down your pants, you just hit him. And you say, why are you hitting me? Because you're too small. You say, what? what do you mean I'm too small? Listen, my sexuality is for the whole world. My purity is going to change the world. My purity is for the kingdom. You're too small. And if that's the way you think, you're way too small. Because all you're thinking about is you. So go find a man, because only men make men. Women, you don't make men. Men make men. You don't have the power, no matter, your beauty will never make a man. Your sex will never make a man. Your love will never make a man. Only men make men. So you tell them to go get himself accountable to a man and grow up. That was, amen, I'll say amen, that was good. That was amen, amen. I hope you guys are listening. So what happens is, if you start attaching to, neurologically to this other world, you will chase the other world. And you'll begin to believe the other world, that it's all about you. There's nothing in this life about you. I'm sorry to bust your bubble. It is all about him. It is all about him. It's about seeing him glorified, him lifted up, him expanded, him seeing people saved, him seeing people healed, him seeing people delivered. I don't care what you're going to school for. It is in service of the king. Amen. Does that make sense? Yes. So you're not your own. A matter of fact, let me tell you that you have three owners to your sexuality. Everyone say the number three. three. Can you do that again for me? Three. three. All right. See, here's a, here's a real cultural lie that a lot of Christians actually believe is that they are the owner of their sexuality. There's nothing biblically true about that. That is totally culture. So let me tell you the three owners. (laughs) Okay, you ready? The first owner of your sex organs, top and bottom. Okay, so everyone say top and bottom. Top and bottom. bottom. Because if he's going for the top, he's going for the bottom. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm saying, right? That's why you slap him when he goes to the top. Okay, some of you looking like, you can't say that in church. I get away with so much, it's amazing. <laughs> That's right. So what happens is this. So the first owner of your sex organs, everyone say one. Okay, therefore I urge you, brothers, and I'll say sisters as well, in the view of God's mercy to offer your bodies, which includes your sex organs. How many of your sex organs are still connected to your body? Got a few weirdos, but most of you are still good. <laughs> Okay, so that means your sexuality belongs to God. Totally. 
Okay, the first owner of your sexuality is God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So if you're thinking about, you know, doing some porn or, you know, being sexually inappropriate with someone or maybe you want to, you know, go chat online with somebody you don't know and all that kind of stuff, you would have to ask God. Now, if you don't have a direct line, then call Joe or one of the spiritual authorities here and say, listen, I'm thinking about, you know, doing some porn and, you know, kind of having some fun time. And because my sexuality belongs to God, I have to ask you permission. See, you... You have to be under authority sexually. See, when Brady came here to church, my first conversation was him. Okay, now you're my pastor, you own my sexuality. If I ever think about masturbating and doing porn, I'm calling you first. When Ross took over, I had the same conversation with Ross. When I came here with Ted, same conversation with Ted. My pastor owns me sexually. I will not until I will call first. See, when you're under authority, you're blessed. Let's, let's talk about money. Let's skip sex for a second and talk about money. How many of you would like blessed money? Blessed money. You are, you are so afraid of me. It's okay to... Bless, how many of you, like, you would like your money blessed? Really, you'd like your money blessed? Okay, most of you. How many of you like your money cursed? You'd like it cursed. You want cursed money. Well, it's real simple. In Malachi, I don't have time to develop this point. So if you give your money tithe... Okay, I mean, you know what tithe is? 10% to the local church. Okay, tithe. If you tithe, your money is blessed. No matter how bright you are, your money is blessed. I know multi-millionaires who are not that bright, but they give 20-30% of the money. That's because they figured this out. <laughs> Their money's blessed. Now, if you want to be cursed, just do your own thing, keep 100% of your money, do what you want to do. And then God will be against your money. Now, you can be, have blessed money or cursed money, depending on your choice, right? Your sexuality can be blessed if it's under authority, and it can be cursed if it's not. So under authority means I would call, I would literally, I have Brady's number in my cell. I would call Brady and say, hey, I'm in a hotel room. I'm thinking about this, Brady. I'm, I'm not allowed to do it until I ask you, so what do you think? He would laugh so hard it would break my heart. Okay. Oh, my gosh, the mighty man of God needs a picture to feel good. Oh, Like I need some picture to make me feel good. Come on, stop being so pathetic. You don't deserve to be worshipped and you don't need to be worshipped. Yeah. Somebody say Amen. If you think you're worthy of worship, you're really messed up. You're going to be gone before you even know it. Millions and billions of us have already lived on this planet. And none of us are worthy to be worshipped. Many of us are not even remembered. He is. Amen. The second owner of your sexuality. Some of you guys have OCD and you're thinking, get to number two. Okay. So number two. 1 Corinthians um, 7-4, the wife's body does not belong to her, but also to her husband, in the same way the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. Your sexuality belongs to your future spouse if you're not married. And here's the, here's the bad good news. You're going to tell them everyone you've had sex with. You're going to tell them all the sexual dumb things you've done. You're going to tell them if you were doing pornography when you were 20 or 22 or 18 or 16. Because the Holy Spirit's going to convict you, to be honest. <laughs> so make that story short. <laughs> You're not going to get away with the secrets. There's no such thing as a secret. Remember that? There's no such thing as a secret. That doesn't exist. So whatever you do will be reported to your spouse. And get used to that because once you're married, you're accountable to your spouse as well. So if you're thinking about doing something, you have to call your spouse first. And I would call my spouse before I ever look at porn or do anything with myself or try to hit on somebody. I would call my wife at least and say, listen, I'm really struggling. This is what's going on. And she would pray for me right then and break it. Yeah. Because I'm under authority. I'm blessed. 
Blessed sexuality is much better than cursed sexuality. Okay? The third owner of your sexuality is you. Everyone say me. And you got peeing rights only. Does that make it pretty simple and clear? Okay, and if, you need to, if, if you're a guy and you need to release, you'll have a wet dream. Don't worry about it. You won't die. <laughs> Your faces are precious. They really are. You really should get a recording from back here. Okay? But you want to be really, really careful about what you decide that you're going to permit in your life and stuff like that. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, so you're not, under, you're not under your own authority. You're under his. And I can tell you in your sexuality that really, that is a place where you want to really have strength. And let me tell you how to do that because there's a couple misconceptions about that. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if, if we ask for forgiveness, he's faithful and just, and he will cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Amen? Now, there are so many Christian people, men and women, way older than you, who have misconceptions about this. And they believe that, okay, if I got a little sexual thing going on, I'm going to take it to Jesus, and it's going to be all better. Well, the problem is they have a misunderstanding of who Jesus really is and what the Scripture says. See, there's Jesus the head, and then there's Jesus the body. See, since the resurrection of Christ, look in your Bible later on, Jesus didn't heal anybody. Look at it. There's 500 people around. I'm sure there's not even 100 here. If we had a healing service, one of you would want to get healed. There were 500 people around, not one person, not one person healed. Okay? Then, when he ascended... Turn the page to the book of Acts, and the disciples start healing people all over the place. Why? Because healing transferred from the head of Christ to the body of Christ. We are his hands. Literally, we are his hands. Okay? Not saying he won't do something supernatural occasionally, but that's the exception. So, so many people go to Jesus to be forgiven, but it only promises forgiveness. See, if you want to be healed, you've got to flip a few pages back to go to James 5.16. If, which is conditional, you confess your faults one to another, you may be healed. You can be forgiven and not healed. Because if you're willing to talk to someone and tell them what's going on with you, you are guaranteed to stay sick and your prayers won't hit the ceiling. That's that scripture in reverse. The straight way is, if we confess our faults one to another, we may be healed and the prayers of a righteous person availeth much. The reverse of that is, if Doug keeps his secrets to himself, he's guaranteed to stay sick and his prayers will be ineffective. So you can cry all you want. Until you humble yourself to another person, you will never be free. And what does that look like? You huddle up and say, when was the last time you masturbated? When was the last time you viewed pornography? What are you doing with that girl? And you huddle up at your age. Because if you won't huddle up now, when you're 40, you'll be really proud. If you're proud now, that's pathetic. You probably don't even make enough money to be proud. <laughs> that would be a total fantasy. If you have pride now, that's a total delusion. Help me. I'm sorry. Some of your faces. I'm sorry I bust your bubble. Okay? But now is really no season to be proud. Now is the season to say, I'm struggling. I'm hurting. This is what's going on with me. Heal me now because my future is at stake. Heal me now so that when I get my degrees, I, God can actually bless me with the money. Heal me now so God doesn't take me through a season of a decade to, to, to subjugate me, to break my will. Heal me now. Amen? Amen. I'm so glad that when God started working on me, I was young. I was young. And he pummeled me and beat me, and it was awesome. (laughs) Because he was going to give me authority over the nations. 
There's very few Christians who have authority both in the secular and in the Christian world. And you get beat up for that. So if you want it, sign up. He'll strip you of what you think you got and then give you who he is. And who he is is awesome because he always changes the world. Have you noticed that about him? He's awesome. Anyway, so what can happen is you can get stuck. So we've got a little, little time left. i got these sheets here for you. Do you have them on your table? Okay, let's walk through this. Now I would really encourage you to get in groups of, you know, threes and fours at another time and really talk about what I'm teaching you about accountability. If I had more time, we'd actually do this. But you really need to ask each other those questions. And just for fun, let's just say them out loud so I know you know how to, so that before God, I've taught you well. Everyone say, when was the last time you masturbated? (laughs) Are you flipping kidding me? You guys can't hear me? Wake up. Okay. One more time for the rest of you. When was the last time you masturbated? Okay, I'm watching people. Until they do it, we're going to stay here. Again, when was the last time you masturbated? Again, you got some stubborn women in this congregation. <laughs> Listen, girls, if you can't ask your boyfriend this, you can marry someone who's sick. 50% of the men in this congregation, in every congregation, are sexually addicted, and they will destroy your life. Yeah. And if you're too proud to ask him that question, you may have pain coming down your way. And I'm saying that because I've heard your, your tears for 20 years in my office. Mm. Saying, I wish I would have known. I wish they'd been so proud and so, and so prim and proper that I didn't ask the questions. Come on, it's too late in the game to play that. More than half of the guys in your age are sexually addicted and sick. The chances of you marrying someone who isn't is smaller than the chances of you marrying someone who is. And if you don't want to ask the question, that pain is in your future. And I love you with all my heart. If you're my daughter, I tell you the same thing. And I've told my daughter that. So let's try it one more time. Yes, I'm looking at a few of you who are really rebellious. Now start. This won't hurt. When was the last time you masturbated? Okay, when was the last time you looked at pornography? Okay, now you're equipped to do ministry. Because if you won't go to your brother's and sister's land and ask them those questions, they stay stuck. And they all pretend they're good Christians, and they struggle. And they struggle because there's no brave soul that will ask them a question. Does that make sense? And if you want to be a brave soul, you could save a whole lot of people out of wear and tear. All right, you're really lucky that we've only got a few minutes left. Okay, get in groups. Uh, girls, leave your table, find a girl table. Guys, find a table, find a guy table. Quick, 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 quick. Only guys at tables, only girls at tables. We're going to do two things. Take your paper with you. If you've got an opposite gender at your table, slap them, get them out of there. Okay. Now there's about four or five at each table. So here's what I want you to do. Ask each other those two questions. And be honest. And then after you're done, pray for one another. And you've got about seven minutes, so make it quick. I'm watching. Don't, I haven't masturbated in 27 years. You got my answer? Good. Now, your turn. All right. All right. Let me just have your attention just for another minute. Stay, stay where you are. Stay where you are. Stay where you are. How was this? I know this wasn't fun and it wasn't comfortable. It doesn't matter. Yep. Ministry is not fun or comfortable. Love is not fun or comfortable. Helping your brother and sister stay pure and at your age is a battle. It's a war. 
Game on. What we've done this morning is equip you. You now know more than most of the people in your school <laughs> to help other people. Yes. You're the missionaries. Most of the people in your uh, school, if you're in a secular school, are struggling. You can just ask them, are you struggling with pornography, masturbation? That's a great way to bring someone to Jesus. <laughs> See, I know someone who can help you with that. And just because the girls don't think they're not struggling. Because you have cell phones too. And you get lonely too. And you kind of push those buttons and things happen. I understand that. No shame. I'm not trying to condemnation. I'm just letting you know this is no longer a guy war. The devil hates you equally if you're a woman of God because you have the same DNA that was given to me to change the world in the female form. He hates you. He'll do anything he can to destroy you as a woman or a man. And this is how you stay better the rest of your life. I still have an accountability partner. I've been sober free for 27 years. Amen. I'm free of more older than you, most of you are old. <laughs> okay? And I have accountability. I put myself under authority. And that's how I maintain it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't make decisions that are not mine to make. Okay? What I do with my sexuality is not a decision I make. It's a decision he makes. <laughs> it's not even on the table for me. So if you can move it off the table, it'd be great. Now, also, I left on your thing. We're not going to get to it, but just take it home with you. And just go through that worksheet on what your boundaries are going to be for dating. It's a great sheet to go if you're dating somebody. Hey, where do we start drawing the line? Because here's what happens with a lot of Christians is they have accidents. <laughs> you know, we don't talk about it. We just kind of see how far we can go. And then, oops, we cross the line. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's unintelligent. When you start dating... Okay, this is who I am. This is my boundaries. And if we cross this, and then another good idea is, is make yourself accountable to a, a spiritual couple. If you're from out of town, find a couple in this church that'll be your mentors while you're dating people. And say, well, if you want to date me, you've got to meet with Bob and Mary. And you've got to meet with them every other week because they're going to ask you questions about where our tongues are, our hands are, and what we're doing tonight. Because I am protecting myself. And if a guy won't go through that process, he's the wrong guy. If a girl won't go through the process, he's the wrong girl. Because wolves hate accountability. They just do. It exposes them. A man of God or woman doesn't mind at all. Okay, I'll talk to them. I'm not going to try to hurt you anyway, because my job, my first job, if you're a man, your first job is to protect the girl you're dating from you. Yes. To protect her from you. Not the other guys. <laughs> you're the most lethal threat to her. Look how cute you are. You're a real threat. You want to cage that monster. Amen. Say amen. Say amen. Just say amen. Just there you go. It feels good to say amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. You guys, this was an equipping session. And I'm sorry if it felt a little intense. It was intense because only 45 minutes. Usually I'm more gentle because they have three hours to be intense and then gentle, intense and then gentle and more funny. But I didn't have time. But you're part of my family. And I want you to be free. I want you to change the world. Yeah. You are not called to be average. You're not called to be normal. Don't aim that low. Only stupid people aim for average and low when they have the Spirit of God inside of them. He is amazing. And because he is amazing, he is going to make you amazing. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these sons and daughters of yours that you absolutely are in love with. You chose them out of humanity. Not only did you choose them for salvation, you put them in a, in a church that loves them, encourages them, and willing to have this conversation. A lot of churches won't even have this conversation, but you love this group of people so much that you've equipped them that you want them to be free. And if they're struggling, there's no shame. None. Your blood has paid all that. If they sinned and fallen short, your blood is more powerful than their, their sexual past. 
It's all forgiven. And they're pure again. Lord, let them walk, not as singles, but as married without a spouse. Because they're already married to you. And maybe they're looking for the third person in their trinity, but they're not looking for the second one. They found that one. That's you. And Lord, bless them as they go on their journeys and their educations and their, all the stuff they got to do to become the men and women of God to change the planet until you come to be found faithful and to hear well done, good and faithful servant. We bless you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, the great news about not listening to some podcasts is because there's still donuts and juice and stuff, so go party. You're dismissed. Thank you for listening to the Mill Sunday School podcast. You can find more information at www.themillonline.org.